Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, Tools for Everyday Caregiving, where we give you information and education on senior care topics. My name is Ryan McAniff, and I am the owner of a private home care agency in Lexington, Massachusetts. Before we get into this interesting article at this Thursday morning at 8.30, I'm going to take a sip of coffee. All right, let's get into this. So this morning I was going on the interwebs and I saw a very interesting article from um, Capital from McKnight's uh, McKnight Senior Living. They're they're a news source for many things, and um, they had an article about the CEO of Capital Senior Living. And basically, Capital Senior Living is an assisted living company or a holding company, uh, whatever it might be. They own other assisted livings, and they had to do an earnings call, quarterly earnings call, and since they're a publicly traded company. Um, I went to their website, and they list a brief a brief explanation of who they are at Capital Senior Living makes choosing an independent living, assisted living, or memory care community as easy as possible for the future residents. Our portfolio features more than 127 unique communities in 23 states, all with thoughtfully designed floor plans and an array of desired amenities and world-class services. So they are a very large private, uh, excuse me, they are a very large assisted living facility or uh, assisted living community uh, focusing on independent assisted living and memory care. Um, they're located in, in a bunch of different states, including Massachusetts, but out more in Western Massachusetts. Um, so I thought that this was, this was very telling because it seems like they're a very big player, if not one of the biggest players in the senior living game. And so Kimberly Lodi was on the, uh, the, the CEO was the call that was the person reporting on the first quarter earnings call and she said that covid's negative effects on occupancy revenues and expenses quote raised substantial doubt about the company's ability to continue as a going concern so what this whole article sounded like to me in my opinion was that it was a press release saying that things are going to be pretty tough for the foreseeable future, which I don't think is really a surprise. I've mentioned this on the podcast multiple times. We did a whole thing on SNFs and assisted livings, and I think this is just more reinforcing the issue that they're going to be having troubles for the foreseeable future. There were a couple key points involved in this that I wanted to mention. She said that um, they had a three-year... They, had, they were continuing a three-year operational turnaround plan that began a year ago, but I think a lot of this stuff is, is a, a PR that is meant to make it sound like this was planned out when nobody had any of this planned out. Um, but some of the big ones were reducing discretionary spending and lower, lower capital spending. Basically, they're trying to conserve cash. 
Um, exiting underperforming leases, resulting in reduced rent payments through December 2020, eliminating all rent, and eliminate all rent payments beginning in 20, uh, January 2021. Basically, they're going to contract. They're going to get rid of underperforming communities that are not making them money. Um, evaluate selling some communities that would provide positive net cash proceeds. Again, they need cash. So they're basically saying that we expect to be um, getting rid of communities and we expect to be conserving cash for the near future for the next year or so. Um, you know, this and this this kind of snowballs into what's going to happen with commercial real estate in the future. That's another area that's going to have some major, major issues with so many people learning they can work from home and so many companies learning that they can um, they can save millions of dollars on leases. Uh, but, you know, specifically to this company, they're trying to get out of underperforming buildings that are not making them money and costing them money. Um, they are also entering into short-term debt forbearance agreements with some lenders. Basically, what that means is they've called up their mortgage uh, lenders and said, hey, can we get some short-term uh, relief, whether that's paying a lower mortgage rate, uh, mortgage payment, or whether that's not paying a mortgage payment for a few months or, or six months or whatever they come up uh, to an agreement to be able to provide relief so that they don't go uh, into into pre-foreclosure and then possibly foreclosure. Um, and then they're going to be using the CARES Act, which was uh, a, a relief act that was um, that was passed by law earlier this year to try to defer some taxes that they have to pay, and they're hoping to save about $7 million on that. And, and again, evaluate possible debt and capital options. Basically, how do we, how do we lower our debt um, obligations and how do we increase our capital options? Can we get um, any type of funding? Can we get any type of investments? Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting about this article is that um, they were talking about their occupancy levels. And we, I had talked about the occupancy levels as I had understood them in other um, podcasts. And specifically, I used the analogy that like, if you're in the high 90s with occupancy, you're getting pats on the back and everybody loves you if you're the salesperson for that region or the salesperson for that individual building. If you start dipping down into the low 90s, hey, listen, that's good. We understand having some tough times. Don't worry about it, but let's try to get over 95%. Um, and then if you start dipping into the 80s, people start getting worried. And then if you start dipping into the low 80s, uh, people are really, really, really concerned. And so they're talking about right now that their occupancy levels are in the uh, are in 79 to 78% right now for April. And their revenue decreased by uh, half a million dollars from, from March um, to, to April. So they're, they're obviously really concerned about their occupancy levels. If you're in the 70s, things are, are not going well. And um, they, their, their expectation right now is that it's not going to get better. You have to remember, in a lot of areas in this country, if not in most areas of this country, nobody is, is wanting to go into assisted livings. But on top of that, the assisted livings are not accepting um, any new residents, period, because they can't take the risk of somebody coming in to the to their building and possibly bringing COVID with them. And it's not just one individual person. Remember, you're, you've you you have tours that are going on. You have you know families look at six or seven different buildings before deciding on one. 
then you have the movers that come in and move in the uh, the the residents' um, belongings. And then you have family that's going to be showing up regularly to make sure mom or dad is doing okay. And of course, you have that new individual into the building as well. So you 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 have a lot of moving parts where people are, are coming in. And to give you an example, assisted livings right now aren't even allowing takeout to be delivered to their buildings. They don't want anybody coming through that door that doesn't need to be coming through that door and many assisted livings from what I understand are feeding their own staff with their own kitchen which is not the norm and the reason being is that that prevents the staff from bringing in outside food that can be prepared by other people that could be takeout and could be somehow infected with COVID-19 the less items and people coming into that building the less chance that there's there's going to be an infection. So she went on to say, we expect further deterioration of occupancy and revenue resulting from fewer move-ins due to the impact of COVID-19. This is not really a surprise. Um, and so she she finally um, finally said that, you know, on top of all this to kind of even throw salt into the wound that that uh, capital senior living is is experiencing also increases in cost due to PPE, due to um, paper goods for for in-room dining that costs money, um, the labor involved in uh, specialized cleaning and, and disinfecting costs, all that cleaning. In general, labor is costing more money. You have a, uh, you have uh, workers there that are unwilling to go back to work unless you're paying them double or triple what they're normally going to get because there's COVID in the building. And um, the cost of testing residents' employees rated, related to COVID. So it's their costs have gone up dramatically in certain areas when they're no longer able to bring in any new new. Uh, residents or really customers and so they're expecting that things are going to get worse because you're going to have people that die of non-covid issues that just happen to have cancer or dementia or whatever it is and they've they've um, unfortunately run out of time and they're going to pass away and then in some of the other buildings you have covid that might be uh or mild uh, in the building, like meaning that there's a few people that have COVID or it could be rampant throughout the building and people are dying of COVID. And then you have the other aspect that some families are saying, you know what, I'll just, I'll take care of mom or dad for now in, in the, in our house. We have enough room for them. I'd rather uh, them be safe. So they're trying to take people out of their, their assisted living. So they're, they're fighting the, uh, this war on a number of fronts and it's going to be a difficult, difficult, um, future. Now, if there's a vaccine or a therapeutic that comes out in the next few months that we're all hopeful for and we're all crossed our fingers so we can go back to regular life and enjoy ourselves, um, obviously that's that's what we all want. Um, you know, there's news just out of Cambridge, you know, the, the city next to where I'm at right now, that they're, they're having uh, positive progress with things. But what we have to remember is that these vaccines have to go through a number of hurdles and they have to pass each one. And if they fail just once, that might mean that they have to go back and start from the beginning. So just because it's good news right now doesn't mean it's good news tomorrow. And if you've been following up on that 60 Minutes uh, article um, on the, the whistleblower that, that feels that he was um, thrown out of his job by the, the Trump administration, um, 
I'm not here to get into the politics of it, but he seems like a smart guy. And he's saying in his hearings that a 12 to 16 month uh, vaccine timeline is overly optimistic. It could take years to get a vaccine. So, so there's a lot of concern that this is here to stay and it could be here to stay for a long period of time. Obviously, we're all hoping for uh, the former, meaning that it's not here for a long time, but it could be the latter. So the other thing that that is going on, and I think it is telling, and this article is telling, is that if the largest or one of the largest um, assisted assisted living companies is having these issues, then these issues are widespread. They're not they're not special in any way. They're just seeing it um, and reporting it because they have to on a on their earnings calls. And so I looked them up on Yahoo Finance, and their their stock is basically tanking. Um, you know, one year ago, their their stock was roughly at like, you know, a high of $5 and change. And right now it's at 63 cents. And when you get down to where your your stock is worth under a dollar each, and you're talking about you're kind of in the penny stock range, there's a, there's a real chance that you can get delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. The New York Stock Exchange has specific... Um, specific criteria that these companies need to to maintain or they will get delisted and if you get delisted that's obviously another major blow to um you know where your they think your 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 company's headed right like if you're not even willing to be on the new york stock exchange anymore um that's not a good sign um i'm guessing for the ceo of the company that's a concern but is it the big, biggest concern? Well, if she can fix the the issues that assisted living uh, is having, well, then the the price will be reflected in that. Um, but you know, this is telling as far as I'm concerned about where things are with assisted livings and where their 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 future is for the next 12 months. It's going to be very unstable. It's going to be very difficult, and there is a lot of turbulence moving moving forward on that plane ride when it comes to senior living in nursing homes and assisted livings. Hopefully it turns around. I have friends in assisted livings. I don't want to see anything bad happen to them. You know, part of knowing part of reading the the word evaluate possible debt and capital options and try to figure out how to save as much money as possible. Well, part of that is reducing your, your overhead. And the two biggest costs to senior living are the, the building itself, the leases, the mortgage, the taxes, those costs of goods sold. They're just part of doing business. But then the other part is your staff. And, you know, if you need to, to reduce your overhead, that's a very quick and easy way to be able to do it, which is through layoffs. And if you have occupancy that is on average at 78%, that means you have buildings that are at 100%, but then you have other buildings that are at 60 and 50%. Well, if you're at 50% occupancy, you certainly don't need 100% of staff. So hopefully they're able to move people around and they have enough buildings that they don't have to uh, lay off many people, but I have to imagine that's on, in the cards. So it's not really great news. And it's, it's always um, a terrible feeling to, to be looking over your shoulder if that's the, the situation. So I certainly hope that that doesn't happen, but it doesn't, this article doesn't give you the greatest uh, hope um, for the, the near future for, for communities and senior living. So anyways, we'll keep keeping you updated on this. And I, uh, I certainly appreciate you listening to the Caregiver's Toolbox. I wish you health and safety for you and your family. And we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good day.